So we simplify that whole process where you never have to call the airline. You can book and reserve your pet online, get a ticket for them, have all of the um, coverage that you need, uh, know exactly what you need for that uh, destination, and really just give that full, complete, improved experience. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Kraszowski, and welcome to episode 159 of That Remote Life podcast, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Nicole Kaba, the founder of Avenue, a B2B service that works with airlines around the world to enable them to better assist passengers traveling with a pet. Avenue also has a customer-facing feature that streamlines the process of buying tickets and flying with a pet by providing you all the information you need in one place. During this interview, Nicole shared how she came up with the idea for Avenue, her top tips for flying with a pet, and how to handle your time at an airport, how the travel industry as a whole is changing to better accommodate frequent flyers with pets, and much more. If you own a pet or you're thinking about getting one and don't want to abandon your dreams of living as a digital nomad, this episode is a must listen. Before we jump into the interview, however, make sure you subscribe to my newsletter, Remote Insider, where every Monday I share the most important developments in the areas of remote work, online business, tech, and the digital nomad lifestyle. It has been called mandatory reading by other subscribers, and if you enjoy this podcast, I guarantee you also love being a Remote Insider subscriber. You can subscribe to that at thatremotelife.com forward slash remote insider, all one word. That's remote insider, all one word, no dashes. Also, I'd like to thank Safety Wing for sponsoring the show. I will tell you a bit more about the awesome things they're working on over there later in the episode. As always, if you enjoy this episode, share it on Twitter or Instagram and tag me at Mitkoka, M-I-T-K-O-K-A, or send it to a friend you think will enjoy it. And while you're there, give me a follow as well. I've been really ramping up my Twitter content, and I'd love to connect with you over there. Finally, if you haven't left a review already, please consider leaving one wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate that. But all right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into this awesome conversation with Nicole Kaba. All right, Nicole, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I am so excited uh, to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to to speak with you and share with your guests. So uh, let's start off. I always like to start here uh, when I have someone on the podcast who is, uh, you know, a little bit nomadic like myself. Uh, you're currently in France, right? In is Lyon your your home base in France or do you like to move around in France? Yeah, so I would say that Lyon is our home base for the past three years, but we've definitely been back and forth, different places, spending time a few months at a time uh, all over. So it's it's where we've been now. And I think we've had to have a home base because of the pandemic, Mm. but definitely nomadic. And so... You're originally from the U.S., correct? So how did this happen? Like, how did you end up living this sort of uh, 
when you say bi-coastal in the U.S., it means something else. But I think we can still use it in the, in this case. Like, how did you end up, you know, splitting your time like this between the U.S. and France? Yeah, so, well, I would say that I've always moved around a lot. Uh, I think that's because uh, I come from a military family and just moving has always been part of who I am. I love moving around. Uh, so I've moved different states throughout the US. I was actually born in California, lived in Florida, lived in different states. And then the last place lived was in New York. And um, while I was there, I really was at an international company. And I got to hear firsthand all of the exciting stories of people. Oh, we're just here for three months. Oh, I'm only here for a six month contract. And it just was like, how I want to do this. Like I really would love to do this. So I started looking at options, looking at visas, trying to understand how all of that worked. And I stumbled across a French tech visa, meaning you, don't, you just have an idea, ideation stage, uh, share your idea. If they like it, they will give you a four year renewable visa. And came across that and was like, ooh, let me apply. And soon after applying, like literally the next week, it actually got accepted. And so wow. from there, a month later, moved to France. So it was completely on the whim. And I was so excited and thrilled. And also that my husband was like, sure, let's do it. And I'm like, yes, we can go. Uh, but it was honestly just such a smooth process. And I think that's what a lot of digital nomad visas now are really mm -hmm. offering. But I had that in 2019. Okay, very interesting. So I, I definitely want to talk a little bit. I just realized that we did not talk about why uh, you're on this podcast. So you have a company called Avenue, which I'm very excited to to discuss with you uh, today because yeah. it's all about traveling with a pet, which yeah. has become very important in my life as a topic because I just got a dog. Uh, my wife and I just got a dog a, a month and a half ago. So now I'm like, okay, I need to figure Welcome. out this. There's this whole new Welcome variable. To the this whole, yeah. <laughs> There's this whole new variable to my life uh, that I need to figure out. So I'm very excited to talk with you about that. But I just want to stay a little bit longer on this topic here because I'm curious. Uh, so I, you know, we've, my wife and I have been uh, traveling full time since 2017. So uh, I always say I'm so lucky that I like met my wife, girlfriend at the time. And then we sort of went through this, this process together of like, hey, I think this is something that we want to do. Uh, you know, here's how to do it. We kind of went through that together. Did you have yeah. a similar experience of that with your with your husband? Or, you know, what is what does he do? Like, how did that conversation and process play out of, okay, like, I want to move to France? Yeah, it's so funny, because we mention it all the time. I love to move. However, he had never lived out of New York. So it was a very different experience. And when I had said, all right, I'm ready to leave New York. I feel like I'm ready to leave. And he had mentioned, are you always going to want to move? Because he already <laughs> knew my history. Were you married already? Were you married already? We were not married at that time. No. Uh, so he was like, I need to know because, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let me know because this may be a deal breaker, right? Because all of his family is in New York. So and none of them left. They all stay there. So I was like, no, I think I just need to move out of New York. I think that's it. Mm. But it's become, well, we've moved a few times or and even to a few places uh, since then. 
so it's definitely been on my side. I'm, I'm more of the risk taker there. But um, we've gone through this process, like you said, of analyze, like, where do we want to go? Why do we want to go there? That's been many night conversations that we would have. Literally, my dry erase board would just be like, why this place? Why that place? Why not go here? Why, you know, what's priority for us? And that's kind of like our decision making process. But I think it's a beautiful growth together that you get to have fun. And also you get to learn kind of where are your boundaries and risk and how risk averse you are and how open you are to new experiences versus uh, oh, I don't like to be in that environment. And so like, we've learned a lot about each other and that, and also we went through the pandemic now together. And I don't know yeah. that that made us so close. Some people, you know, it's a disaster, but like for us, we just got so close because of being so close. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's funny that you talk about being the risk taker in the relationship because I, so I, I've always viewed myself as a big risk taker. Like, you know, maybe it has something to do with the fact that like, I like my parents and I immigrated to the United States when I was like conscious, you know, like that was like, I was like, my brain was at least like somewhat formed. Um, And, you know, I dropped out of college and I've been in startups and like, I've always thought of myself as a very risky person. And then I met my wife and she's like on a whole different level to the point where like in our relationship, I've become the like logical thinker and I've become the Mm -hmm. person that's like, hold on, like maybe we should think about this. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, like just like jump. And she's like, you need to be riskier. And I'm like, I think I'm already risky. I just think that you're on a whole different level. So it's funny that you say that, you know, that you're the risk taker. How has he adjusted? Like has, has the travel slash nomadic bug bit your husband or is he kind of like no i'm still good i i'd rather kind of still chill uh you know wherever we are literally a few weeks ago for the first time ever we decided to host uh an event in the community and just say hey any anyone else that wants to come meet us we're gonna be at this restaurant have drinks and quite a few people came out that was his idea and I was very, 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 very shocked that he suggested this. And I, I, I wanted to cry because I just was so happy. Like, oh, he actually took this initiative that he wanted to meet all these people. And then after that was saying, I would, I would be okay, like, going somewhere else. Like, I think our chapter here may be done. Like, and me, always eager to move or do something new, is like, yay. Um, but we still don't know like what that means, but it's still to me, I felt like was him opening up to something new again. And when you say the community, like what community is that? Like the expat community in Lyon or something else? Yeah. So I posted in different like Facebook groups actually. Uh, so there's, uh, expats in Lyon. That's just one that is, you know, um, internationals in Lyons where there are French people that may have lived abroad and they've come back. Um, so just kind of put it out there and like, all right, let's just do this. Worst case scenario, we're having drinks with ourselves. Like, um, so I just, it, it was pretty cool that we put that out there into the world and actually have now seen, we should do this regularly instead of us waiting for other people to host events. Like we should host events. Hmm. So I have a I have a I I love this idea of hosting parties in different in different cities because it immediately creates like a community for you, right? Like you yes. and not just like that you meet people, but you meet people with like um 
I don't know how to say this without it sounding bad, but you're like a point of connection. So it immediately mm-hmm. kind of like you become a connector, right? So you yes. sort of like have more value in the community, so to say. Yeah. And a great tip for this is uh, I just read a book called The Two-Hour Cocktail Party. And it's uh, by a guy whose name is Nick Gray. He's awesome on Instagram. He's an awesome follow. I highly, highly suggest you follow him. But he wrote this book and it's all about how to have these cocktail parties that are like structured. Like he has like a system and like a template for you to create community. And I'm actually trying to get him on the podcast and he has agreed to be on the podcast after I throw my first party through his system. Uh, Because I think that it'd be an amazing way to like when you travel and you go to like Lyon or then you go to like London and then you go to like Budapest and like immediately, okay, I know the template. I'm going to put together a party so I can meet the community. And it's like a hack to immediately get like plugged in. Uh, so I highly suggest checking that out. And anyone who's listening to this, that this appeals to, you should also check out the book. Uh, and hopefully I can get Nick on the podcast soon. Um, but okay, so I want to shift a little bit. Talk about the business because I'm very curious about how this came around. So I haven't thought about this as a pain point, but now that I have a dog, this is like the biggest pain point in my life. So how did this idea come around? Like, how did you, how did you come up with, with the idea of, of Avenue? And was it a similar thing where you got a dog and you were like, okay, now we got to figure it out. A hundred percent. It's one of those pain points that exists, but until you're in it, you don't realize it. It's Mm -hmm. I before, um, so a little bit about Avenue, uh, Avenue before was a relocation app. We were helping people relocate and the majority of our customers that were relocating like moved to a different time, city, like from one city to another. So actually most, most of them were international. The majority of our customers had pets. And so we were already navigating the logistics for them by working with partners. Um, We also got certifications in order to manage the pet relocation process. So we understood from that perspective and and myself, like I understood, you know, this is the kind of paperwork, these are the rules and regulations, country import requirements, all of this. But it wasn't until I actually had a dog myself and went through that process of traveling with him. And mind you, I also have a puppy. And my husband surprised me with our puppy during travel. Uh, So it was very much an immediate pain point of, oh, my gosh, we need to get him to France and we need to get all of this paperwork. We need to figure out all of this. Um, So it just became an immediate pain point. But until you go through it and actually go to the airport, actually like buy a carrier or, you know, go on a road trip or stay at people's homes and have to set up, you know, um, you know, your crate and all of these things, you don't really know about that. So that was something completely new for me and, and actually is what inspired our pivot. So in February, we actually decided to fully hone in on this because we noticed it's, it's a big enough problem to solve. And surprisingly, more people than ever have pets so, and want to travel. And just like yourself, like myself, a lot of people probably listening, you may have pets and you want to be nomadic, but you're like, oh, but I have a dog or, oh, I have a cat. There are ways to travel. And that's all what we're about with Avenue and our mission. We're just doing it in a really interesting way. Yeah, I think, you know, it's when I first heard about this, I thought, 
okay, is this like a big enough market? Like, I understand it's probably an issue, but like, can this be uh, like a sustainable business? And the thing that I realized is like, A, I think you're right in terms of like, this is a growing population and now we have more remote workers that have the ability to move that maybe already have pets and they're kind of trying to figure out, can I do this with my pet? But also the other thing is the same way that I said, like, this is now like one of like my big pain points in my life. That means that they are like a customer for life, because even if maybe it's not like the biggest, you know, like opportunity, the people who are using it are like, this is like super, super important to me. And especially for people like me, where like travel is a big part of my life. And now I have a dog, like then now your company is like this linchpin between these two things. And so I, I think I think it's a really cool idea. And then I'm, and I'm very excited for the fact that there is a company that does this. So I want to talk uh, first before we move on, I want to ask you, um, do you think it's possible or a good idea for someone who identifies as a quote unquote digital nomad and, and moves quite often? Do you think it's they should have pets? Do you think it's like a good idea? And who shouldn't have like a pet if they're traveling? I think that's a really good question. Um, and, and I think this has a lot to do with how we view our pets now versus years ago. I think that there's more of a, a human factor with our pets. Like we love them. They're family now. Years ago, that wasn't the case. It was like, we have a family dog. Okay. Now they're so part of the family that it's important to recognize that as you're planning to travel. So if you're someone that plans to travel and is viewing it as, oh, well, my dog's going to be, you know, stuck at home. We're not going to really give them much attention. I'm going to be traveling. Or are you the type of person that's thinking, where can I travel with my pet? Like actually incorporate them in your travel plans. That is actually a really good direction to be in or a mindset to have. If you're thinking about having a pet or if you're thinking about being a digital nomad, there are some really great places you can go that are pet friendly, that um, accept pets, um, you know, or that are easier to navigate for flying or hotels or accommodation. So I, I think that is a decision that you have to kind of go through of like, what kind of travel am I going to do? And actually, we now incorporate more of what do we want to do with Coco? Like, uh, we want to take him on a boat. Oh, we want to take him here. And, and, it's, and it's a fun process because you look at more things that maybe what you would look at if you're just considering yourself. Uh, there's a lot of even dog communities. So if you're talking about even hosting events, one of them could be like, hey, let's meet up. Let's have a play date. You meet great people that way. As a matter of fact, I, I know quite a few people who've actually met their significant other because their pets uh, got along. So it's a really great way to to meet people. And we definitely meet lots of people just who want to pet Coco or um, are just curious of how we're traveling with him. So, so in terms of that, then I think uh, in terms of logistics, um, because we can't all we can't neglect that it is challenging. It's it's not the easiest thing. Uh, the travel industry is picking up and, and starting to realize, for example, like Airbnb now has the uh, ad pet. If you're looking for pet friendly options, uh, Uber is now expanding different locations to now offer uh, Uber rides. There's also other startups that are looking into this space. Um, how we are, we're very focused on the flying component, but there's so many other things that we can also be integrated in, and involved in. And really, we are providing a solution to airlines. So that airlines can actually improve that whole process. 
Um, but yeah, I, I kind of went a little over on that, but hopefully that's helpful in, in making that. No, decision. no, no. Yeah, no, that's you mentioned places that are pet friendly. When I hear that, I think about like a restaurant that accepts pets or like a coffee shop that's like okay with your pet being in there. But do you when when you say that, do you mean like cities that are more pet friendly than others? Yeah, so this is actually one of the features we've been discussing uh, adding is more around how people rate locations as pet friendly. It's um, there's definitely some cities or countries that are more open to pets. And that's really important. It's also a cultural thing. How does that culture perceive pets um, and making sure that you understand that before you go? Um, I had someone um, mention to me, like, he travels all over with his dog. We're, we're connected on social media. And he's like, yeah, I actually didn't realize, you know, I, I took him, like, to a Muslim country. And, you know, it was not acceptable for him to be everywhere. And so he's like, I completely didn't even think about that. And so he's like, now I think about that when I travel. And so that may not be the case everywhere, but it was just you know, an eye opener of, oh, I should have thought about that. Um, and so there, there's cultural elements to keep in mind as well um, of where it's good to travel versus others. Um, it's not to say that you can't, but it's more just being aware. Yeah, I think that cities that are particularly pet friendly, like if there was like a nomad list for like how friendly it is for pets, like that would be a really cool list because I mean, I imagine like Mexico City would be like number one, right? In terms of like their dog culture and everything like that. But I think that that would be very helpful because it is something that we think about now when we're looking for like, I mean, A, Airbnbs, even though they have the option of seeing if it's pet friendly or not, there's still not that many Airbnbs that are pet friendly, right? Like it's you, you immediately are dwindling down your choices. But then on top of that, you have this other filter of like, okay, is this city actually one in which my dog is going to be happy, right? Like, is there like green areas that it can go like run or whatever it may be? So I do think that's a very interesting, uh, you know, like resource that could be created. What about like training, right? Like what, what are some things that you suggest in terms of tips? Like if you're going to take your dog to travel with you what sort of things do you suggest that people work on their training or or just kind of like around uh, how to make your dog I guess more comfortable with the experience of traveling yeah there's definitely a lot of little things that you can do um, definitely crate training or making sure that your pet is well behaved at you know and staying in a new environment uh, something that we've done uh, also is whenever we do stay at, let's say, a, a pet-friendly hotel or an Airbnb, we'll actually just leave him there exploring uh, and leave him for like 30 minutes, but really be close outside to just see how his behavior is. But just kind of doing a repeated come back, leave, come back, just so that he feels comfortable knowing, oh, okay, they're going to come back. It's something so simple, but it makes a big difference whether he may start barking or crying or just, you know, feeling like they dropped me off. I don't know where I'm at. Now I'm alone. Um, so that's one thing. Um, another thing is, uh, you know, always traveling with accessories with you. You never know like how much you may be uh, walking or being out in the sun. So we always have like this water bottle carrier. We always have treats on us. Um, just always keeping time of, you know, keeping track of what his schedule is for, for eating um, packing food with you. You never know if they're going to have the brand of food that you, that you have. So if you're able to bring as much 
um, or even consider um, some of the delivery services that cover that region you might be traveling to is, is a pretty good idea to look into. So you're not switching schedule or switching food. Um, other things are uh, like in terms of flying, getting your pet used to the carrier that they're going to be traveling in way in advance. Uh, get them used to, even if you're just going into a car or a bus or something, just constantly getting them used to the motion and the movement is really good. I'm, I'm sorry, because you just mentioned the carrier and I'm curious, you know, I think this is like what would maybe be the most stressful when you think about like stresses when traveling with pet. I feel like that's the most stressful period, right? It's like, okay, what are they going to be like on the plane and how are they going to be in the airport? So do you like, how has been your experience of traveling with a pet? I'm assuming in -hmm. the cabin with you, like, like, do you have any tips around that in order to make that experience as, as stress-free as possible? Yeah, you're right. It's, you know, when you do it the first time, I I think it's, you're real, you're more anxious than your pet. I think just because you don't know how they'll react and you don't know how people react will react either. Um, when we first traveled with Coco, it was during the day and it was a two hour flight within the U S and we had gotten him used to the, the carrier a few days before it wasn't even that long. Um, but one of the things that we started feeling when he was, uh, he started whining. And so we like somebody in front of us said, Oh, just like pet him. It's okay. But I was like, Ooh, bad idea because now he wanted to be out of the carrier. And so I was like, Oh, I wish I hadn't like, you know, uh, open that up. So I would say, um, Oh, so that's one flight. Then we did a night flight and that was great because it actually was with his schedule. He was tired. Uh, we had walked him around enough, even in the airport, we were playing with him. So we got him really tired. We also made sure that we didn't give him too much water before traveling so he wouldn't have an accident. Uh, So these are things that we definitely recommend. Uh, And then also there's some things, it depends on what you're interested in, but there are, there's CBD, there's anxiety supplements. There's, there's some things that you could try. Don't try the day of, try way before, but it's definitely something that you can look at just in case. Another thing is uh, traveling with a, a mesh muzzle just in case you just have every just in case uh, ready that if your dog starts barking and you're just, oh my gosh, what do you do? Well, you have something if, you know, so, so those are some things that I would definitely recommend for prep for travel, but it's like somebody who has a baby that's crying on a, like somewhere. I think the parents feel really bad and are like sweating bullets, just like, oh my gosh, everyone's probably annoyed at me. But really, it's like there's it's a human, it's a natural reaction. So it's it's something that you have to be empathetic for. And, and you know, some people on the plane would be like, oh, it's so cute. And they were so much more loving and kind than what we would have thought. I wanted to take a quick break and tell you about our sponsor for today's episode, Safety Wing. As a longtime digital nomad and remote worker, I can tell you from experience that travel medical insurance is extremely important. The more time you spend abroad, the more you increase your chances that eventually something will happen. Maybe you will get sick and need to see a doctor, or you're going to crash your scooter in Bali and have to get a cast. Either way, figuring out how to pay for that procedure in a foreign country is not what you're going to want to deal with at that moment. And that's why I love Safety Wing. Their services are designed for people like 
like you and me. Their Nomad Insurance is a global travel medical insurance with emergency coverage across 185 countries. The Remote Health Package, on the other hand, provides remote companies and employees with global health insurance. Not to mention that SafetyWing is also funding the Plumia Project, which is working to establish the first ever country on the internet. So if you're still nomading unprotected, what are you doing? Head over to safetywing.com and find the insurance package that's right for you. And also, consider using the affiliate link in the show notes, which will directly support me in continuing to produce this podcast. So thanks again to Safetywing for sponsoring us. And now back to the episode. So then is the rule that you can't take them out of the carrier on the plane because i always thought like okay worst case scenario like i'll just calm them down or something like that but you you can't you don't suggest taking them out of the carrier on on the plane yeah so actually it's a regulation that you cannot have your pet outside of the carrier the only time that they can be is if for example they're a registered service animal um and so those are the pets you'll probably see on social media where they're just like prancing onto the plane sitting in their seat yeah um but there are some carriers or um, some airlines that will allow for pets uh, to actually get a seat, but they still need to be in their seat. So you'll see those exceptions. But then you got to buy them a seat, I assume. <laughs> you have to, even if you buy them a seat, you still need to have them in the carrier. Yeah. But if they're a service okay. animal, they can be at your feet outside of a carrier. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. What about airport tips? Because that's something that I realized, you know, when we started doing research for this. I was like, that's going to be just as big of a problem as the plane because, okay, you're transitioning between cities. You're maybe in like a layover and everything that I found, like, how, where do I take this dog to pee? And it's like, you have to, a lot of times these like relief areas are like outside of security. So you have to like leave the airport and then re go through security in order to like, you know, get back. So how has that experience been and what tips do you have around that? Yeah, so preparing for travel, definitely exhaust your pet before arriving to the airport. They're going to get exhausted at the airport because there's probably a lot of people to see. But I actually recommend keeping your pet outside of their carry as long as possible. So that means through the airport, if they allow, uh, you can let your dog walk on a leash. Only put your carrier right, your pet inside of your carrier when they're about to board the plane. That's what I recommend. I also carry pee pads with me just in case he needs to use the restroom. But the day of travel, you should actually reduce, or even the day before travel, reduce the amount of food that's given and re reduce the amount of water that's given. You do not want your pet to be dehydrated. You want your pet to be hydrated, but you want to reduce the quantity so that for travel, they don't have an upset stomach. They're not, um, and so that's what you actually want to do. And that's actually recommended by IATA. Uh, which is the International Air Transport Association, they create a lot of these regulations for traveling with your pet. So that's highly recommended. Um, so yes, going to the airport, having your pet free, walking around, playing as much as possible. Um, if you if you need them to use the, the restroom, I actually have set near, um, uh, near the gate area a pee pad and like kind of hit it so that he could use the, the pee pad. Because even rest areas are... Um, pet relief stations, they're not that clean. They smell terrible. Like they, they're not as nice. So even when I've taken my dog, he's like, ew, I'm not even going to pee here. So it's, <laughs> it's probably best to just carry pee pads with you. Um, but you you definitely want to reduce the amount of, of water and food that they have so that they're, they're not looking for that relief. 
Gotcha. You mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, you mentioned there's a lot of companies uh, or products, services that are coming out that are trying to like help in this area, right? Like you mentioned uh, that Airbnb is now m- more friendly to this, that Uber has also started uh, coming out with things that make it more friendly. What are some of the other companies or services, products, whatever it may be that you've seen that you've been like particularly impressed with in terms of like, oh, they're working on this area or this company is working on this part of the, the problem? Oh, this is a tough one because I'm terrible with names, but I can tell you what they do off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Um, I mean, I can tell you some of the interesting uh, innovations that there are. Um, you can search and find some that work best for you. Um, would be uh, there's uh, tags, obviously, that are for tracking and, and keeping track of your pet if, um, you know, if, if they get lost or in case of an emergency. Do you mean air tags? So it's a similar concept as air tags, but there's ones that are actually safer for near for being on your pet um, that are, yes, where you can track and make sure. There are some that are community-based. There's others that are literally just a QR code, but you definitely want to have your pet's microchip, yeah. contact number, all on your pet. As a matter of fact, it's actually required in cer- certain countries. So it's mm-hmm. important to just have that. Um, and also, if you if you have a travel number, for example, if you're like, oh, I use Google phone or something while I travel, make sure you have that number. Um, so I've even thought about having different tags for different places when I start using different numbers. So I will say on this... A, a quick tip on this is uh, a friend of ours, uh, they recently uh, made, you know, those like luggage tags where you like write your address and, and whatever. So they mm-hmm. made those into a QR code because they're like, well, the address is constantly changing. We don't have a house. And if I'm traveling to yeah. Bangkok and then Japan and then like Abu Dhabi, I don't want this to get sent to my parents' house in New York, for example. And what they exactly. did is they made QR codes because then they can change the address every time like you just go to like wherever it is the qr code sends them to and like change it so we are actually going to put that on our dog on the back is like you know it's going to have a qr code where if it's scanned like they can get in touch with us on like social media or wherever the next place is because then that way you don't have to have like 18 tags with like different addresses for sure or even the microchip number so there are also Mm -hmm. microchip registries so that is actually what i mean is required in certain countries, you actually have to have the microchip number of your pet on them physically. Mm. Um, okay. So if they're found, someone can just search your the pet's microchip and can see the contact num- information that you've updated. So similar to the QR code, but this one may be required to uh, where you go. How do you know if that's like you're traveling to a country where that's required or any of these different like detail uh like long tail laws is what I'd call them. Like, you know, you really need to search to find them. This is the beauty of what we've uncovered and what we're implementing into our product because of people should not have to hurt their brain researching this. If every single person is researching this and and coming across like articles, outdated content, SEO content, and never actually knowing exactly what they need to do. So it's, it's actually being um, integrated into our product to show you're traveling to this country. Here's quarantine. Here's what it looks like. Here's where you, um, you know, here's a carrier approved for that airline. Here's, you know, so all of these different things so that you actually know for that country for that trip. So very specific to that trip. 
So I actually, before we hit, uh, before we got on this podcast, I was like, oh, let's use this product. So I went and I used your your beta product for for booking uh, for booking trips because the actual company, what you do is is you work B two B, so you're working with the airlines, correct, to kind of make this easier yeah. and implement your technology in 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 their booking process. But I used your beta booking site and it was great. I mean, uh, it it was actually very helpful because I was like, you know, all the tips were on there in terms of like have this, have that. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it looks great. And I'm very excited that, uh, you guys have that. Are you, is the company is Avenue, do you guys have funding or are you bootstrapping this? So we have, uh, we're currently in our pre-seed round. So, which is, uh, not yet announced, but we have raised, uh, from institutional investors and are excited to share that soon. Um, but we, we have raised, uh, uh, a pretty small or a good size uh, pre-seed and have just been really focused on our our customer acquisition with airlines as we onboard them. And how are like when you when you call up these airlines or you speak with them, how are they reacting to this? Like, do you get the oh sense this is something that they're excited about it? Yes. So I actually haven't had to call them. I've actually met with them in person at different conferences. It's one of the best ways that I've been able to um, get in front of the industry. The reaction has been always, well, actually the best reaction that I've received is an airline saying, we've been looking for the solution for two years. So that is really exciting. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, Perfect. Um, but for the most part, the industry is eager for something um, they don't have. Uh, they do everything manually. If you travel with a pet, you know, you have to call an airline that could take 30 minutes. That could take four hours. It could take two days. Uh, so we simplify that whole process where you never have to call the airline. You can book and reserve your pet online, get a ticket for them, have all of the um, coverage that you need, uh, know exactly what you need for that uh, destination, and really just give that full, complete, improved experience. It's so funny that you say the calling because so we've already booked our first flight with Dexter, our dog, and the very first time we had to book him a flight, my wife had to uh, call the airline, and it was because she had what was it? It was something bizarre where she had selected that she wanted a pet. But then it didn't go through and you're only allowed to have one pet in the plane or there's like some sort of like limit. And she's like, well, that's my pet. Like there is because she couldn't book. She couldn't rebook it because it was saying that that slot was taken up and she had to call the airline and be like, no, like that's my pet. Like it's the like I have that spot. It was this whole madness. And so I totally understand like, you know, that's no one wants to call an airline. It's like in the top 10 things you don't want to do or like the top 10 people you don't want to call it's like to have to speak with an airline because it's always a pain in the ass so that's very very yeah, cool. so is. do you feel like when you're when you're having these conversations with with airlines do you feel like the industry has do they understand that this is a growing pain point and is this something that they're trying to get ahead of and, and make it easier for people with pets to travel first of all when it comes to selling anything it's all about what's in it for them even if they're mm-hmm. not as passionate about pets or the decision makers are maybe not as passionate, don't have pets themselves, they know that it's a driving ancillary service for the airline. But it's only beneficial for them if they can improve the operations involved. So as you mentioned, there's people that are in the call center having to 
answer uh, people's questions, make reservations, all of this time is spent there. They also don't have a proper management of inventory. So example that you just gave, they don't know how many pets are on a plane. There's no transparency around that. So what we provide with our solution, yes, it's, it's impactful for the customer and their experience, but we're actually showing them the amount of money that could be saved for the airline, the amount of money that could actually be generated if they improve the process and even the lifetime value of the end customer and loyalty that they have if that airline could have a good experience. Because we are very vocal people when we travel with our pets and something goes wrong. So what's super important is to make sure that people are not going to the next airline because you have a call center and a terrible process. No, you want, and it's not just the pet, it's the whole family. If my pet cannot fly, mm. we're not flying. So you, your airline can yeah. lose business because of that. And so all of those numbers are really great use cases for us in sharing to the airline that it's not just about you know, catering to people who have pets and, and, the, and the industry here. It's really improving the process that they have so that they can actually scale it to the level that they should and give the the level of service that people deserve. I'm curious because I live in my bubble, right? Like no matter how much I try to to exist outside of my bubble, I am in a bubble of like remote everything and like a remote first and and everyone's remote and everyone understands what's happening in the world in terms of remote work and everything that's going to enable so what I'm curious about, like, and, and I just had someone on the podcast, Evan Hawk, who runs a, a really great company that tries to, it's a marketplace for these communities that are offering deals uh, to remote workers, right? Like come to my town, move here, and we'll give you cash and a bunch of incentives. It's yes. called Make My Move. It's, it, it's great. But my question to him and the question that I have for you as well is how much education are you having to do? to like for these companies that, Hey, there's this whole growing number of remote workers that are becoming at least some percentage nomadic. They may be jumping between like you are, you know, the U S to Lyon. Maybe they have a few different home bases. Maybe they're constantly traveling. And this is a growing community of people that you're going to have to deal with uh, more and more over the next few decades. Is that education that you're having to do a lot of, or do you feel like when you when you speak with these companies with the airlines, they're already they already know what's happening. They already know that this is going to be something I'm going to have to deal with. I'm just kind of curious outside of my bubble when you speak with 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 these airlines, how educated are are they about this growing movement? The specific division that I actually need to speak with knows firsthand that it is growing. It's also uh, market information that's available. Um, IPADA is an organization that shows trends, year-over-year growth in animal transportation. And also, we have to note the fact that not only do we cater to pets, which we usually consider for domestic pets, but we also offer our solution is for live animals. So that's also for if you have... um, you know, livestock, if you're transporting horses, cows, uh, you know, so whatever it is that you're transporting as a live animal, our solution works for that. So we talk a lot about the pet and the, you know, the, the family human touch side, but we also, our solution caters to for pets in cabin, pets as excess baggage, service animals, as well as pets in cargo or in the hold area. 
So, um, so that's really holistically why the airline already knows the amount of animals being transported. And, and it depends by region. Also, culturally, who has pets and, you know, in the home or in cabin. And so we see the difference airline uh, region by region and how we approach the conversation. But most cases, we don't really it's not there's not an education gap. Gotcha. Is it, I'm, I'm assuming mostly like Western countries are the ones that have the most pets that they would travel with, right? Like the US, Europe? Yeah, exactly. And then others that they're just like, well, they always travel with goats and sheep and, you know, so, uh, and also there's country restrictions. So there are some countries that don't allow for your pet to fly in cabin. So now you have to look at, well, what does that look like for them traveling in cargo? Off the top of your head, what are like a handful of popular travel destinations that don't allow for pets to be in the cabin? Uh, the UK is one big one. Oh, really? So, I mean, I, I mentioned that as a really big one because there are a lot of people that want to travel there with their pets. So there's huge restriction um, uh, for the UK. And that's, I'm assuming if you're like, I'm assuming if you're like connecting through London, for example, then that's an issue. Then you wouldn't be able to have the pet in cabin. Is that how that would work? Correct. Yeah, correct. Mm, interesting. Get it together, yeah, so, England. So there's Come on. Some scenarios where it's the airline that creates their own or creates further restriction. But then there's also countries that have restrictions. There are countries that also restrict the breed of a pet and actually will say no pets, uh, you know, if they're this breed can come to this country. There's others that say, well, there's quarantine that's required. And so all of these different things are really important to know because it's not necessarily common knowledge. And um, that's that's something that we provide in our solution so that when people search, you immediately know, is my pet allowed? You know, what does the quarantine look like? What kind of paperwork is needed? And we actually, after you book a flight, you can upload those documents so that they're pre-approved. Oh, before very, traveling. very interesting. What else can, I mean, obviously I know that you're, that your main focus is, is B2B, like we've talked about, you're working with airlines, but I do think that the product that you have that's consumer focused, the platform that you have is, is really, really great. I mean, just using it myself, I, it was very easy and I really appreciated it. What else can we expect? Like, are, is there anything else from you guys in the product pipeline that is consumer focused to, to help enable people who have pets? Like myself, this is a little bit selfish, but to make this process easier, is there anything else in the pipeline that you guys are working on? Yeah, so kind of uh, some of the features that we we touched on was like you being able to search the destination, seeing how pet friendly they are all the way down. It's, it's very similar, like you said, like Nomad List, but for pet friendly destinations. Um, uh, also, just like the, the paperwork that's required so you can get a good view. Also, just like a rating system. So knowing kind of, which um, which places you like, which um, preferred experience you have in different airlines. Um, most of the consumer focus, we're fo when people are share what they're looking for, that's really what we're building. We actually built um, the consumer side with a community. So we have around 600 people that were part of our community and we just built it together. And all of the little feedback of here's what we're looking for, here's this. Um, some of them even mentioned, like, I'd like to have a map of the airport and know where is the pet relief station uh, based on where I'm at. And so there's a lot of really cool things that we plan on rolling out. Um, but right now we're about to roll out is more of 
if you've already booked a flight, you can actually add a pet after the reservation just so that it's, you don't have to call. So it's kind of like that moving um, uh, from what you have, what's been available before and now just allowing you to go ahead and get up to, up to date with any of your, your travel plans. Man, the airplane maps with relief areas is something I never thought would be a pain in the ass to find. And it's such a pain in the ass to find. Like I like even for like big airports, like I was like, okay, O'Hare in Chicago, uh, pet relief area, like what terminal or whatever. And it just like I had to go to like page three of Google, which is like you should never have to do. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like this is like you you don't have to do this to to find this kind of stuff. And Unless I did. There's a lot of ads like, at the top. And then and then you do have to go to the third page. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm very glad to hear that this is that these are things that you're thinking about. You mentioned a community. Is that like a community that you have open? Like is this like a Facebook group or something like that? Where can somebody join that? Yeah, so we actually have it on our Slack channel. Um, so it's that's where we have our community now. Uh, it was really when we were building out this beta. And so it's more of a closed community. But as we're rolling out, like we will open up the community. And, and as a lot more of these consumer-focused um, features are out, it's going to be just a natural piece because with the community, we can learn more about what cities you're going to, photos, um, you know, we want to know about like, do I want to go there? Like, do I want to do that activity? And so I think there's a really natural community that's here. And also just learning from other people's experience of do's and don'ts. We see that a lot on Facebook. And so like just kind of it, uh, integrating that more into uh, our product and, and knowing that our solution when it's with the airline, uh, all customers from that airline have to use our solution. So it's just a natural channel for us to really give them more um, of those like wow moments. I think a community uh, like kind of like side thing is a great idea because you, you know, this is such a niche within the niche and like, who do you ask this kind of stuff? Like, you know, when you have questions, you know, I, I'm selfish and I have this, this podcast, an opportunity to have you on to talk about this as an expert. And I think it's going to help a lot of people, but I'm going to be honest. Like I was like, I got to have Nicole on here to like, you know, learn more about this, you know, and kind of like get the shortcut, but not everyone can do that. And so I think, yeah. uh, you know, having a community is a, is a really great idea where especially as more and more people enter our world that of, of people who travel often and they're going to have pets because, you know, pet ownership is, is on the rise. Mm -hmm. These are going to be questions yep. are gonna, that people are going to need answers to. So I think that's a really great idea, but Nicole in wrapping up, uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. This has been super educational. I know thank I've you. learned a lot. I know that people who uh, are listening to this, who have pets are going to be super happy that you came on and shared your knowledge, but where can people find uh, Avenue? Uh, what is the website? Of course, I'm going to have links to all of that in the show notes. Uh, but, and where can people learn more about you and where can they connect with you? Yeah, you can definitely find out more about Avenue. It's Avenue, A-V-V-I-N-U-E, complete odd spelling. There's a reason behind. We'll share our story on that another time, but definitely look at the link in the show notes um, as well. You can definitely find me, Nicole Kaba on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. It's actually Nicole X Kaba on both. I'm very active on there, but yeah, if you're traveling with your pet, I would love to connect with you. I think it's uh, amazing. And yes, we are planning to open up more of our community. So I'd love to hear anyone else's stories. Um, it's it's a beautiful community. So I'm excited. Perfect. Well, Nicole, thank you so much again. Uh, this has been uh, a pleasure. 